Welcome to the Not Just a Pony Ride podcast, presented to you by Hedger University. If you've landed here, you're probably passionate about how horses help people. Whether you're an instructor, therapist, in the business, or have experienced equine assisted services yourself, we're glad you're here. Join us as we talk about the benefits, the science, to-dos, how-tos, and all of the reasons why what we do is so much more than just a pony ride. And now, from the Hetra campus in Gretna, Nebraska, here's your host, occupational therapist Katie King. Hey, 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 welcome back. Today, I have Lisa Harris back on the show. We're excited to have her. She is a very well-accomplished woman of many expertise. She has an MS in physical therapy and veterinary science. Uh, she is a clinical specialist in hippotherapy and has served on the AHA board in all kinds of different roles. She is also a PATH International Advanced Writing Instructor, and she currently owns and operates her own private practice that incorporates hippotherapy as a treatment strategy. So if you didn't hear from her the first time she was on, go back and check it out. Season one, episode 19, I think. We talked about a ton of hot therapy topics like the American Hippotherapy Association, billing, insurance kinds of things, all sorts of stuff. So go back and listen to that if you haven't. But today, she is back on to discuss an important topic, therapy positioning on the horse. Now, this could be everything from riding forward, backward, supine, prone, hands and knees, um, or quadruped. We can put our clients in all kinds of positions as therapists to facilitate different outcomes, and it can all seem a little bit confusing, and we want to make sure that we do it right to protect our horses, our participants, and ourselves too, really. So don't worry, because Lisa is here to help us. Just a reminder, Lisa is a licensed professional that is trained to complete these maneuvers. So before you start doing any therapy positioning, always make sure that you train yourself, your horses, and prepare your students adequately so you have success. Enjoy. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm excited to share um, you with our audience today. Do you want to tell us a little bit about um, who you are and what you do? Sure. I am a physical therapist from Lexington, Kentucky, and I currently work in a rehab hospital, primarily an outpatient and see outpatient orthopedics and neuro, all ages. Um, So we have quite a variety of patients that we see. And then I also have a private practice incorporating hippotherapy. So that is a lot of fun. Just moved to a private practice, was um, hospital-based for a while. Was partnered with a path facility, and um, and our hospital was partnered as well, and just moved to a private practice. So it's been quite an adventure. Wonderful. So let's talk a little bit about something that looks funny that we do uh, as therapists, and um, parents will sometimes watch and be like, "Why are you doing that? Why did you just turn my child around backwards on a horse?" <laughs> and um, I think that a strategy um, or a tool that we can use while we're mounted is using hippo positioning and hippo transitions and what that means for our participants um, and our patients that are, that are doing that with us. Do you want to explain what that means and um, kind of why we do it? And we can kind of talk about maybe some of the more common ones that we do. Sure. It's interesting because just a little background. So when the therapist 
the, our founders basically um, went to Germany to learn about this treatment strategy called hypotherapy. They learned having the client in a forward sitting position, kind of a, a classic position that we would think about somebody being on a horse. And so it's interesting that we come back to the States and we've not only included that, but now we've increased the challenge um, in some cases for some of our clients by adding different position changes and also by overlaying functional activities. So we have this amazing base level of equine movement that can impact us in so many different ways, even just sitting forward um, in one position. Yet, we also have different positions that we can use if we want to change the challenge or increase the challenge or maybe um, decrease the challenge of, for example, of sitting, maybe someone can't sit up, that's too challenging for them. And so we need to alter that position. So positioning also came about um, as a way to change what we do and to make it more safe because early on we did something that we called back riding or later tandem hippotherapy. And we don't encourage that anymore, but that's where the therapist would sit behind the child and help position them. And, you know, it sounded great at first. Um, many therapists that were NDT trained thought, wow, I can really sit behind the client and I can really help facilitate what I want and I can handle them the way I want and their posture is going to be so much better and they're going to be well supported. And it sounded great, but we had a, a couple things that changed our minds um, as we evolved. And we are definitely a constantly evolving organization. Um, but safety wise, uh, we had um, a few therapists that had accidents during that position. And um, one in particular was one of the best therapists around, one of our founding members and an excellent um, horse person, an excellent rider in her own right, an excellent therapist with the best team and the best horse and all the equipment. So all the safety measures were set up and yet they still had a fall. They still had an accident. Nobody was hurt. Um, the, the therapist, I think, was hurt a little bit and she was fine later, you know, but the client was safe, no problems. But we thought, wow, if it can happen with that team, it can happen with anybody. And so that made us really look at it. And then the second thing was around the time that I was becoming involved with the American Hippotherapy Association in 97, um, I was working with a really great uh, gentleman by the name of James Rooney, who was a veterinarian. And he was doing studies at the University of Kentucky at the Glucky Equine Research Center. And he was studying loading the horses back in a variety of positions, you know, like um, right over the center of the back and then further on back toward the loin of the horse. And he was showing that the horse is not well supported um, as you get further back on the horse's back, as the load gets further towards the loin, the horse is not as well supported with their own muscles um, and they are more likely to be injured. So we're putting our clients potentially at risk, our therapists potentially at risk and our horses definitely at risk by doing that back riding or tandem hippotherapy. So we were like, we've got to figure something else out. So that's where positioning came in also for those kids that cannot sit up. And we thought, wow, you know, in the clinic, we put them on their bellies, we put them on their backs, we put them on their sides, we put them in different positions. Well, why not on a horse? So maybe we need some props 
to help us out some wedges or bolsters or whatnot while they're on the horse, some boppy pillows mm-hmm. to help them out, um, to help support them. Also, that frees up our hands a little bit. So maybe positions increase our challenge. Maybe they help us accommodate the children that cannot have that forward sitting position. But one thing I want to note also is that it can be very inappropriate for larger children or adults. Mm-hmm. So we have to consider the stress of the horse, um, our handling technique that we're going to use, how we get that child off in the case of emergency. So um, all those things we need to consider. Um, so positioning is not for everyone, right? Right. And then when we're thinking about positioning, we need to have other things to consider as well. What is our purpose? What is our goal? And that's what we do every minute that we're in a therapy session, right? So we need to have a purpose behind putting the child in a certain position. Um, Are there precautions or contraindications to putting this child in that position? Um, Is the horse trained? with children in different positions. You know, I had worked with a horse one time that when you change the child's position early on, when we were doing some work with mock sessions and we would have um, you know, some, some children that were not clients mm-hmm. and we would be working with them on the horse, the horse would try to kind of turn the hind end around or, or try to move with the child to stay underneath the child, you know, being honest, but that horse has to have training um, to be able to accommodate to the different positions of the children. And then we need to make sure that we have protection for the horse and the client um, or patient to to make sure that they're best supported in that position. Mm -hmm. And certainly we can practice these positions on a large barrel or vaulting barrel or peanut ball or something that we have in the clinic so that the child gets used to them, but also um, you get used to handling. So therapists that are new to this environment you know, um, having a, a child positioning in a clinic, well, you're probably used to that, but then when you incorporate being on a horse, standing still, that's different. Mm-hmm. And then when you incorporate that being on a horse that's moving, that's even more different. So we need to get the therapist's hands used to that as well. We need to keep all those things in mind in terms of positions. It's a whole nother ball game once you start walking, <laughs> you know? And I think the other thing that makes a big difference yes. too is, um, is the height factor. And you don't think about that right. um, a whole lot. You know, you can position on the mat, you know, ergonomically from, you know, definitely a therapist standpoint, ergonomically, that, that makes more sense when you're on the mat or on the floor, you know, wherever you are. And then you start to work on a horse that's a little taller or taller or taller, you know, and then you got to kind of figure that all out too. Right. And, you know, that may determine your horse choice mm-hmm. that may, it's definitely going to turn your, determine your selection of equipment, but um, it, it, you're going to need to think about which horse that you're working with because we don't want to hurt our bodies. That's not going to help our clients if we're not able to continue to practice over a long period of time. And there's a lot of, um, We've looked at quite a bit at body mechanics. In fact, that was a, a presentation I did with Kathy Splinter Watkins at a, a conference, a, two conferences ago was on body mechanics. And uh, Rebecca Cook has done a, a lot of work looking at body mechanics as well um, with people that incorporate hypotherapy as a treatment strategy. So it is important that, yeah, we're not reaching up onto a high horse with our shoulders above 90 degrees of abduction. You know, that's we're not going to last that long. So we need to make sure and 
and use the horse that's appropriate that we can um, make sure that we can position the client safely and also use our correct body mechanics. Yeah. This episode of the Not Just a Pony Ride podcast is sponsored in part by Equiforce. Equiforce is a database that allows you to track every facet of your organization, from horse, donor, and volunteer management, to scheduling, grant tracking, incident reports, and tracking participant progress, too. This is not a one-size-fits-all setup. Instead, Equiforce personally works with you to learn how your facility functions and takes note of your specific terminology so that they can create a unique system to match the needs of your organization. And of course, Equiforce provides an ongoing training and support so that your database can grow with you. Visit them at www.equiforce.com. That's E-Q-U-I-F-O-R-C-E.com. So what are two of your favorite positions to put clients in? (laughs) That's probably a loaded question. Right. Um, uh, yeah, favorites. That's, I don't know that I have favorites. It's going to be what's appropriate to the client, of course. Right. Certainly many of them are useful. So I'll go over a few of them. You know, you can have someone backwards sitting instead of forward sitting. That's certainly going to change um, the visual information that's giving to the, that has been giving to them. Um, that's going to challenge them more vestibularly, right? Because we're going to change the mm-hmm. visual system. They're going to need to have more hip range of motion to be able to get into a backward seated position. The horse is always wider in the back than in the front. So we need Mm -hmm. to remember that it can provide a nice surface for weight bearing being in a backward seated position. Um, Mm -hmm. And some people use it to help position the pelvis a little bit more um, in a neutral to anterior position. Mm Um, and I would just always caution you to make sure not to automatically turn someone around and change position for that purpose to get that anterior pelvic tilt, but really to utilize the horse's movement to make sure you have the appropriate movement first in forward sitting, um, and make sure your equipment is good and the child's positioning is good of the legs and whatnot, because all those factors can impact that, um, ever so popular sacral sitting that a lot of our clients like to do. Mm-hmm. So my little caution there. Um, but so backwards sitting, we can put them in side sitting. Um, of course, you're going to get more lateral weight shift there, facilitate the, the lateral trunk a little bit more. So mm-hmm. that's a great one. Modified side sitting, um, where you're going to get a little bit of trunk dissociation, trunk rotation. So that's a good one. On modified side sit, the uh, less less lateral, but not quite forward, right? Yeah, the, right. One leg is over the the front of the horse of the horse's withers yeah and um bent and the other leg is underneath as as would be typical for forward sitting so it's kind of like halfway from forward sitting to side sitting mm-hmm. i like that for my um like you said trunk dissociation which for the you know public separating kind of separating that those hips and shoulders and being able to move them more independently of each other and my um friends who don't like to cross midline or do things like that sometimes that's really hard is right. their their top half of their body doing something different in the bottom half even the left and the right sides but top and bottom too doing and feeling something different absolutely mm-hmm. absolutely yeah Right. So, and then we have prone and supine that we can do, and um, you can do prone of the barrel of the horse. So, you know, the client is facing sideways, basically over the barrel. Um, that can 
if they are entirely flat, they're not propped, they're just prone lying over the barrel, then that can certainly help relax, relax um, spastic muscles. It can be a good position to help with flexion mm -hmm. of the body. So very relaxing, very calming. Um, interestingly enough, um, one of the folks that we learned from in Germany, Ingrid Strauss, she used to put most of her clients, if not all of them, in that position to start off with for that purpose, to help relax them. That was kind of a starting thing for her. Interesting. So that was that was kind of interesting. It can increase tactile input and proprioceptive input, of course, with a, a wide contact area that you have. Strong vestibular input that you're going to get for sure, mm -hmm. being in that position. It can help elongate the hamstrings. One of the few positions that help elongate the hamstrings, which uh, many of our clients are tight there. Many of us are tight there also. I mean, I think being a rider myself, you know, I've probably had the tightest hamstrings in physical therapy school. So I was always the one to go to for that. So this is one position that we can help elongate the hamstrings in. And then it can facilitate prone propping as well, because uh, ultimately that, that child is going to want to sit up and or not sit up, but come up and explore a little bit. So you're going to get um, some good axial extension of the head trunk and the hips as well. Mm -hmm. So in terms of speech, you can actually facilitate uh, tongue protrusion that way. So that's kind of a cool thing. And oh, it may allow the opportunity for, for expressive language also to move out of the position. But we need to consider that uh, the hip should be over the spine of the horse and we need to make sure that blood pressure is not an issue because it, it is more vestibular intense situation. Um, certainly that could lead to some postural insecurity. Um, we wanna make sure breathing is okay, not impeded in any way. Mm -hmm. um, and of course we need to train our, our support staff to help us. Yeah, so. I always worry about that in prone when everyone has been in that position where like something's pushing on your belly and you feel like you can't breathe kind of, you know, like it's it's kind of a head rushy thing. Right. So I think getting that that good positioning where the hips are are in the correct position and um, that makes it more comfortable for not only your participant, but also for the horse, I'm sure, with weight distribution and the way that that all works. That's right. You can do prone on the rump too, you know, so many of the same considerations, but just a different surface, a little bit larger weight-bearing surface if you do yeah. prone on the romp. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, supine. So this is a great position to facilitate extension, opening up the pecs, chest. If you want to do some opening up uh, the arms, some arm exercises as well. The head should be in midline on the highest part of the horse's rump. So it's great when it works out that the conformation of the horse um, helps support the client, but that's not always the case. Um, so sometimes we have to add like a boppy pillow or um, a little neck support there. You have to be careful with helmets in this position and in the prone positions, both. Um, you may find that you need to use an alternative helmet in, the, in these positions, a softer helmet, so that the client's head is not put in an awkward position um, or the, the chin strap is not choking them any, in any way. The trunk and pelvis uh, of the client, we want to make sure position it so it aligns with the contour of the horse's back and the arms are at the sides. We can work on extension of the arms, abduction, external rotation. The legs we want to make sure are, um, we have some support underneath them as well, maybe a noodle or um, a towel roll. 
um, but a little bolster or something that can help flex the knees and thighs. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're going to end up with too much lordosis, um, too much lumbar lordosis. Where's the best so, place for feet and lower extremities when you're in supine, especially if you have like maybe a longer torso friend or something like that, that's mounted. Right. So again, if you have such a long torso that the head of the client is going to go way beyond the horse's rump, it's too long. That's not an yeah. appropriate position. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to make sure that the head is well supported, not hanging over the, the rump. Even if mm -hmm. you have a boppy pillow, it wouldn't be safe. Yeah. Um, but the legs you want, again, the knees bent, um, they're going to be forward of what would be typical forward sitting position. So they're going to be um, more closer to the withers, but not on the withers. They're still going to be on either side of the horse. Right. And again, you're going to have, have a, a bolster, a, a towel roll, um, a noodle, something that's going to help support those knees. And then um, you, you can have support at the, of your assistant and yourself as a therapist um, at the knee and potentially you, it could be at the foot as well, but that might take them into more extension. So typically mm -hmm. we just have it at the knee right there, but they're well supported with their legs in front. Think about a supine hook line position that you would be doing on a mat. Mm -hmm. It's very kind of similar to yeah. that position. Okay. Um, some people even do that position with the feet on the horse and they can ask the child to bridge. Um, but in general with a supine position, the feet would be free and you would be having those legs supported as if you were on a, a mat, a supine with the knees, uh, with a bolster underneath the knees. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this can be a great position for facilitating midline. You're just going to want to make sure and, and monitor again, um, head position, body position, um, blood pressure. And again, it's increased vestibular input. Not everyone likes this. It can be a pretty intimidating position, but, but it can also be a great position. Um, as can prone for manual work for mm -hmm. rib mobilizations and, and manual therapy around the trunk. Yeah. So many wonderful things that we can do. The horse's movement is, is one thing, right? And then you start to add layers of all kinds of other things that we can do. Absolutely. And the most important thing is to keep it simple. If you're learning about use of the horse's movement, um, I'm constantly amazed on a daily basis about the benefits of using the horse's movement and the power of using the horse's movement in its own simplicity and not overlaying too much. Well, thank you for sharing. I can't, I can't, um, I just can't thank you enough for sharing your wisdom and knowledge today. I learned a lot. I think our audience will too. So thank you so much. Great. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm. Thanks for listening to another episode. Until the next one launches, stay connected to our community by joining the Not Just a Pony Ride Facebook group. There we share exclusive educational content, answer your questions, and review new and exciting developments for the EAS community. Don't forget, if you have suggestions for future episode topics or a lead on a great guest that you think our audience would enjoy, click on the link in the show notes or visit us at heteruniversity.org. This podcast is presented by Hetra University, an educational arm of the Heartland Equine Therapeutic Riding Academy. Hetra University's mission is to provide high-quality educational offerings to our participants and the EAS community. 
If you'd like to help us work toward our mission, you can make a donation by visiting us online at hetra.org. Again, I can't thank you all enough for helping Hetra change lives one stride at a time.